like to start with something funny. I heard about this uh, country grandmother, and she would go out on her front porch every morning to thank the Lord for another day. Her neighbor didn't believe in God, and he would shout back, there's no such thing as the Lord. One day he overheard her asking God to give her some groceries for the week. So he snuck over the next morning and put some groceries on her front porch. She got up and said, thank you, Lord, you did it again. He laughed and he laughed and said, God didn't give you those groceries. I put them there. She said, Lord, thank you. You not only gave me the groceries, but you made the devil pay for it. <laughs> oh. Isn't all things work together for good, right? For those who love him, right? Come on. This is a short meditation here. This, I'm very excited about baptism and what it really, what it really means. I, I was thinking, God is so genius. Did you know that God is genius? He is so amazing. Actually, Christianity is so amazing. Do you know why it is so amazing? No. Jesus, somebody else is going to get saved today. Anybody else already? You know? Why is it so amazing? What I found so amazing is that God starts with us at the end. He starts at the end. It's very deep, isn't it? No idea what I'm talking about, right? He starts at the end. When we become a new creation in Christ, He starts at the end. God makes you something when you come to Christ. And then He makes you something. It's very deep. He makes you new. And then He renews you. He makes you perfect. And then He makes you perfect. He makes you holy. And then he makes you holy. He makes you receive perfect love. And then it takes a lifetime of understanding this amazing love. It's really an upside down kingdom. It's just absolutely incredible what God has done when you become a new Christian, a new believer. Russell? talking to you right now but I'm going to talk about this is really the basic of the gospel today I'm talking about Romans today but the thing is though so many even Christians don't really understand this so I thought I'm going to go over this particularly with the baptism here today it's just amazing because we when you become a Christian you are born of incorruptible seed right just like Jesus I wish that people would teach it teach this at Bible College 101 we the first day in Bible College this is taught this was never taught in my Bible college, and I've got a master's, 20 years, never taught me this. It is so basic, but it will change everything. So that's why I'm going to go after it even today. See, you become like him, but then you become like him. Still a mystery, isn't it? You guys, what are you talking about? God is amazing. The gospel is amazing. It's amazing news. See, religion says you're nothing. You've got to become something. Just go work harder. Be more righteous. Do some more good things. And God may be pleased with you. And Jesus says something totally different. I make you perfect. And now let's go on a journey to see what that looks like in your life. It's beautiful. The gospel is really good. 
See, who you've become in your new nature, what you've become as a new spirit, that is the real you. You are a spirit, but you have a body and you have a soul, mind and emotions, but the real you is a spirit. And God relates to spirit. He is spirit. He's not body. We've got body. Jesus became body, of course, for a while. But he relates to us in spirit. So what I want to do, I want to very quickly go the 15 minutes that I have. I'm just going to go quickly through Romans. Very quick through the book of Romans. Do you think I can do this in 15 minutes? <laughs> it, took me eight, it took me 18 months, two years ago. I want to just take the highlights and then I can't, I'll, I'll, I'll stop somewhere. But I want you to, to, to get something. I'll tell you why. As, I was, as I've been doing um, uh, we, uh, funerals, weddings too, but also funerals. The other day I did a funeral and the guy, the pastor said to me, Gideon, I've never heard such a good evangelistic message ever at a funeral. And I thought this is really interesting, you know, because I talked about this stuff, what you're about to hear, because it is so cool and it is so important. And so I want to go on a journey with you right through the book of Romans. <laughs> Okay, the first quarter, and don't be too quiet. You're very quiet in this place. I just don't like quietness, you know. Just, just be a little bit pleased because it just makes me feel bad, you know. It feels me feel like I'm just like, you know. By the way, we're live streaming, I think. Are we live streaming? Around the globe. So if you, if you know friends and family and you say, man, you need to hear the gospel, put them in touch with us because they will hear the gospel right now. So the first part, the first quarter of Romans, we see that we have a problem. Now, the problem is not so much of what we're doing. The problem is who we are. It is not so much about behavior, but it's about death. And the solution is not reform. The solution is life. I'll keep it very simple, okay? I know, because some of you need to hear this. Before you come to Christ, you are dead in your sins. You are dead because you have a sinful nature inherited from Adam. It says in Romans 3, right at the beginning of Romans, there's no one righteous, not even one. We've fallen short of the glory of God, His perfection, and we are dead at the core. So that's the good news, not to humanity. That is the news, right? Now the solution in the second part of Romans, the second quarter, we see the solution. Now the solution is not to better yourself. Not some improvement kind of regime you get into. Trying to get more righteous because you can never do it. Because our righteousness is like what? Filthy rags before God. It's not going to work, is it? Something has to happen. There's nothing actually you can do. So the solution is not self-improvement. The solution is... Crucifixion. Well done. It's crucifixion. The solution is not to better yourself. The solution is to die. The world says you got to get better and work harder and do more. And religion says the whole thing. You can, you can do it yourself. You can make yourself something. All this kind of stuff. Become a better person. All this kind of stuff. And Jesus says, come and die with me. Life is no good to me this way. You have to die to your old life. Russell, you died to your old life. And you've got to come and be resurrected into a new life. You've got to be resurrected into the new life of Jesus Christ to become a new creation, to get a new nature. And this gift 
of new nature, so powerful, God's nature inside of you. No longer slaves to that nature, that sin nature. No longer slaves to that sin. No longer, I can't do this anymore. I'm so stuck in this stuff. Somebody help me. But then when God takes that out and you became new on the inside, you're no longer slaves to sinfulness. You are now slaves to righteousness, slaves to God. We see this in Romans 6 today. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Everybody say new life. life. You are destined for new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified. In Colossians it talks about the nature was cut out like circumcision. Remember old covenant? The sign of, 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 of the covenant was the, the, the snip of the tip, you know, the circumcision. But, but in the new covenant, it's complete death. It's, you go down and your whole life is gone. Your whole old nature gets taken out. For we know that the old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. Wow. Guys, you can read this stuff. Can you please read this with me? Not, not just look at it. Read it with me. This is really powerful. Done away with. Don't blame that. It's not there. Don't blame that nature. It's not there. Blame the flesh, blame the devil, blame the world. But don't blame this. So no longer slaves to sin because anyone who has, been di- who has died has been freed from sin. You're dead. Your old nature is dead. Tell your neighbor, you are dead to the old. You are dead to the old. That's why, Russell, you're dead to the old. You are dead to the old. The old man died and the new one was born. The old man who was related to Adam, Adam and Eve, that whole thing is dead. And the new man, Jesus Christ, he's come alive in you. You are dead to the old. And that's why it's so important to get baptized. Because this is what's happened when you, put, when you say yes to Jesus, that happens. We die with him. We are raised with him. And we're seated with him in heavenly places. That's why your spirit is right now, Russell, in heavenly places. And, and the baptism shows that. This event doesn't make that unless you came to faith at the same time at baptism, which actually is biblical, by the way. I don't know why people wait. I've got to wait a few years before, before I'm ready for baptism. That is not biblical. In the Bible, everybody got baptized straight away. There's not one person who got baptized later. It was like one package deal. So I suggest if you've not been baptized yet, you're still thinking about it, just get baptized. If you're a follower of Christ, if you've become a new creation, come on, you need to show the world. Hey, come on, let's be biblical here. Let's be biblical here. Come on, guys. So that's so wonderful. And then we see in Romans 5, this wonderful thing that we've been, re- received this beautiful gift of righteousness. Look at this, Romans 5. For if by the trespass of the one man, which is Adam, death reigned through that one man, and we see this in the world today, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness, everybody say gift of righteousness, gift of righteousness, reign in life through this man, Jesus Christ. So God gives us, when we say yes to Jesus, he gives us the gift of righteousness. Now it's not just a gift like here we are, you're righteous. It actually, you become righteous on the inside. The righteous one comes to live with you and the one who is born inside, that one is also righteous. You're all righteousness in there. And then it continues because then we see in Romans 8, now there's another gift. 
the gift of no condemnation. Amazing. Verse 1 in Romans 8. Therefore there is now no condemnation for thou, those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. That means no condemnation. It means no condemnation ever again. That means you will not be punished ever again. You will not be blamed, if you're a Christian, you will not be blamed ever again. You will not be condemned ever again because Jesus was condemned in your place. He was judged in your place. He was punished in your place. And because it's on our behalf, this is the gospel, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Now we often use this, and rightly so, for the whole thing that Christ, when he was mutilated, when he was broken, his body was broken 2,000 years ago, that that gives our healing, right? That we can claim our healing. He healed us. And so you can claim and manifest the healing that he gave to us. But it also talks about righteousness. It also talked about the gift of righteousness and that you are not punishable anymore. Your new nature inside of you is perfect. You cannot be punished ever ever again. Now this is really good news for some of you because some of us still punish ourselves. And it's very, very sad because I still meet Christians who punish themselves, who blame themselves, who judge themselves. And this is not fitting for a son of God. This is not fitting for a daughter of God. You are unfit. Punishable. Just let us sing in for a moment. I know some of you have been around for a long time, but sometimes we just need to hear it again because life is thrown at us and things happen. But like Ben said last week, the gospel is good news and it's not your fault. It's amazing. Another translation said, the punishment that made us whole was upon him. That is the beauty about Christianity. It's not just a faith in a Jesus. Okay, I believe in Jesus. You believe in Buddha and whatever. It's not just a faith. It's even not even just being forgiven of sins. All this kind of stuff. Not even just become made righteous. Not even debt free. Although it's wonderful that we have received that kind of stuff. But he gives us a righteous life. That is the gospel. You've been given a righteous life. That is so incredibly powerful. I see how incredibly excited you are today. <laughs> Born of God. Do you know you can't sin in your spirit? It's not possible. Your new spirit is completely holy and it's united with Christ Jesus, Glenn. Completely. You will never sin in your spirit ever again. It is so powerful. We struggle still in our mind, some of the stuff, and our body of things. In your spirit, never again. You are holy and righteous in God. Amen? Amen. Now, that's the good news. Then, in the third quarter, and it says, who is this offer for in Romans 10? Who do you think this offer is for? It's for anyone. It says here, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yeah. Any of you want to get saved? You're not saved yet? You can call upon the name of the Lord and boom. You'll be saved. Awesome. This is really good news, you know. 
And then in Romans 9, 10, 11, it's really interesting because there Paul talks about, we talked about, of course, in the whole series, the place of Israel that we've been grafted in, into Israel. We grafted into Jesus. We've been grafted into the new covenants. I mean, we're lucky to be in there, guys. It's, it's God's plan, but come on. All the, all the covenants were made with Israel, not with us. And then we get grafted in through God's grace. Isn't it amazing? We can also be part of it. I'm so, always so grateful. Not only that, but then God blinds the eyes of the Jews for a while. So that the fullness of the heathen, the fullness of the Gentiles is us. Unless you're a Jew here. Can come in. And at the end of time, all Israel shall be saved. Something's going to happen and they will see the Messiah. It's like Joseph, the whole story of Joseph. But the brothers, and suddenly he will reveal and they'll all say, Shivers. It is him. And all Israel shall be saved. I don't know how it's going to work out. No idea. So incredible. Now then Paul transitions in chapter 12. And then we're going to leave it for today. Very, very powerful. Look at this. Because chapters 1 to 11 are all about what we believe. It's all about who you become, your new identity in Christ. All the stuff that Christ has done for you, all that you've stepped into is all the stuff in chapter 1 to 12. And then something transitions and the word there is therefore. The word is therefore. Amen? Now every epistle, if you're a theologian here, every epistle has the same structure. Almost every epistle. The first part of the epistle, epistles are the books like, you know, Romans, Ephesians, Galatians, Hebrews, all those books, right? The Bible. All those books of a new covenant all start with this part. The whole first part is always identity, what Christ has done for you and who you've become in Christ. Always. And then always the second part is, now how then shall we live? With that reality, who we've become, how then shall we live? Now, now religion has turned upside down. They go to the end of the book and they go, this is how you should behave. And then God will love you maybe, probably. Depends how good you are and whatever you do, right? And so we've turned things around. And every time, even when he talks to the Corinthians, I mean, some of the guys are sleeping with their mother-in-law type things. I mean, these are really bad sins going on in that church. But he says, oh, you're so wonderful. You are so, such saints of God. You're so beautiful people, but you are not living who you are. But he always, always starts with identity. Jesus always, the Father, before he did anything, remember? Got baptized, right away, affirmation. You are not loved because you're Billy Graham and you have 80 million, dollar, 80 million people saved. You know? You're loved because he loves you. Without doing anything, it's because you're his son. And you are because you are his daughter. It's so important, that structure, that you understand that. We act righteous because we are righteous. We don't put it on. We're just trying to make something happen. We actually come, it flows out of it. That's the most important thing of everything. We can't put the car before the horse because if you do, and some of us are still doing it, and so something that's so easy to do because the whole world thinks like that. We get into behaviorism. We get into kind of showism. We get into legalism, all this stuff, and we try to do something. And God says, no, that's not the way it is. The great privilege of the gospel is that we can live from a place of continual righteousness. Now, if you don't feel that way right now, then I suggest you need a revelation of His righteousness and His love for you. Because I see still people around me, as we pastor, as I see people around me, still people struggle with this. 
Your righteousness will never change. What you do, good or bad, has nothing to do with it. You're accepted by God. You become a new creation. You look like Jesus. You are beautiful on the inside. You know, this is so incredibly empowering in our lives. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. You cannot fail. You know, it changed my life. When I really found out I could not fail, I had such a performance thing in my life. I come out of four generations of missionary, uh, missionaries, you know, and pastor, um, pastor kid, missionary kid, MK, PK, whatever, all confused, you know. But the thing is, they're all this beautiful stuff, but I had no clue who I was. Actually, I had no clue who I was really when I came out of Bible college even. I had a lot of stuff. I knew a lot of stuff, but I never knew this stuff. And it's the most important stuff, right? It's the most important stuff. The most important stuff is you and your spirit can never fail ever again. And some of you need to hear this. You cannot fail. You may fail in a few things. You may do some things that are stupid. You may do some things we're not very proud of, but you cannot fail. God will not think differently of you. Just like a naughty boy, a naughty girl. It's just stupid. And he may discipline you. That's fine. But you cannot fail with him ever, ever, ever again. You are never going to be a failure. You're always going to be an A+. You're always going to be holy and nothing will change it. Anyway, the transition is there. So the transition is embodied in the word therefore in chapter 12. Therefore. Everybody say therefore. Yeah. Now the therefore is therefore because the, 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 the there before the for is important to know. Therefore. You know? Therefore, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is a very, very important therefore. Very important therefore. Because it refers to everything that has gone before. Actually, in that word therefore is a worldview. It's a whole worldview. It's a Christian worldview. In the word therefore. The Paul, Paul is saying, the life that I'm calling you to live in Romans 12 to 16, so from this chapter onwards, remember that talks about behavior. Remember, first it's about identity, now it's about behavior. The life that I'm calling you into is built on something. That life that you're supposed to live in Christ is built on a strong foundation. It's got really, really deep roots. And this foundation is laid in Romans 1 to 11. I love that whole series. I wish I could do it again. It's so powerful. Because it's so important that we live from this strong foundation. And the strong foundation that Paul talks about in Romans is the foundation of righteousness. It is the foundations of you know how righteous you are. And that everything you do in life has to go through the lens of righteousness. Because if you don't, then you will go through the lens of your own pain. You go through the lens of your upbringing. You go through the lens of stuff that you don't think are good enough. Opinions of other people. We live like this. We have all these lenses we live with. But if we don't live from this beautiful lens of righteousness, we will not reign in life. We will not do well in life. We will not live the Christian life. And God wants us to live the Christian life. He's given us a new life. He's given us a righteous life. We are so empowered by righteousness, guys. Fully forgiven. Fully accepted, fully loved, fully holy, fully perfect, fully innocent, fully free, and fully cool. You are fully cool every day. And that is the gospel. You are fully cool all the time. 
And like I often say, guys, it is so important for you to build yourself up, you know. When you look in the mirror, it should never be. Man, you look bad. Um, man, you know, this is tough. It should always be, man, you are so cool. And I'm talking in the prideful sense, you know. Not, not, not like that, you know. I'm talking about you are so cool because you are a son of the living God. You are so incredibly awesome. You are so incredibly good looking. It's just so amazing. See, if you build yourself up like this, you know, do you think you have a better day? You have a much better day. And actually people will like you around you, you know, because they say, hey, he's good about it. He feels good about himself. He feels good about who he is in God. I know you see stuff. I know we struggle with stuff. I get that. I'll do too. We all do too. But our identity is not that, right? Circumstances will always happen. Circumstances will always pull us down or always will challenge our stuff, right? But we need to know that we are amazing in God. And you know, then it is not difficult to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. That used to freak my life out, that whole thing. That, that How can I be holy and pleasing to the Lord? I know the lust. I know all the stuff that goes in my life, the, the distractions in my life, the things that are not good enough. I talk too much. I talk too little. I, my mouth is bad. It's good. All that stuff is going on, right? In my mind. All going in your mind too. And I thought, I can't, how can I be holy and pleasing? But what he's saying is here, you can do this because you are holy. Why, why you can live holy is because you are holy. Now, that's a totally different story. Because I thought I had to climb this mountain. And I go, okay, Lord, I can do this, I can do this, and come, I can do this, I can do this. And, uh, and sometimes you fail, right? Your bad thought. Shh, I can't use that word here. Um, <laughs> bad, you know, like poop, or whatever. Something. I've done it again. And you feel like, <laughs> a bit like that, right? Serious, I know, I was there. I used to have stuff in there, and then I failed in some things, and I was like in this dungeon somewhere, so incredibly deep down there. And trying to get up again, I can't do this, you know. And you come almost at the end, oh, I'm good again, I feel really good, and boom, happens again. Now the thing is though, that is not the Christian life. I don't see Jesus doing that. And Jesus is the prototype, right? Amen. So the thing is though, what we need to do is we need to understand that we are always righteous as we are walking. And if there's something coming our way that is not good, and even if you're tempted a little bit, you say, no, I'm righteous. Pornography, I know that pornography, I've had pornography years ago, but the thing is though, I had pornography issues in my life and I could not get out of it because I did not know who I was. The way I got out of it is because knowing how good I am, how knowing how righteous I am, how knowing I'm awesome again. And this simply does not fit my life anymore. It empowers you, grace empowers you, righteousness empowers you guys. And so living a holy life and living a life with your body to say, Lord, I give my life and my body as a sacrifice to you. It is not that difficult because you are that way. And that's really what I want you to see today. You don't have to perform in the Christian world, in Christian life. Yes, you have to bind some things and the, the captive, take captive those thoughts that, that, that are coming to your life. No. I'm not going to go there. Oh, no, that is wrong. That's not in Christ. No, no, no. I bind this in Jesus' name all over. You just I, I sometimes even laugh at things these days. But that, that's the Christian discipline. That's the way you are because there's temptations everywhere. It's your flesh has temptations. Your body has temptations. The world's got temptations. The TV has got temptations. There's all these temptations everywhere. The devil comes, you know. So there's all this kind of stuff happening, right? But the thing is, though, the stronger you become and the more you understand who you really, really are, who you're really made to be, this is Bible College 101, the first days you finish like this. People should come and, and leave that place like, man, I'm, I'm amazing. Man, how can you not be amazing? You're exactly like Jesus. And Jesus is so amazing. 
So that's why I said, God gives us a life. He starts at the end. We think, oh, the end of life, hopefully we're a little bit better. And hopefully we're a bit more righteous and holy. No. When you become a Christian, you are holy. And then when you're holy, and then God says, okay, now we're going to live what it looks like in your life. And you're going to change your mind. And you're going to change your feelings. And we're going to change this attitude. But the thing is, though, that's not, you know, it, it starts with that holiness, that righteousness. Before the foundation of the world, he saw you as holy and righteous. Uh, Hebrews talks about, he has perfected us once for all. This is the gospel, guys. This is so important because this will empower you to live the Christian life. Beloved friends in the Passion Translation, what should our proper response be to God's marvelous mercies? All these 11 chapters that God talks about who you become. We had a problem in Jesus Christ. The problem is solved. We become a new creation. And now, what do we do? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be a sacred, living sacrifices. Not bad, good. This is exciting. Worship Him. To live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Isn't it amazing? It's an expression of worship. When we treat our bodies well, when we express Jesus in our bodies in every way, we worship him. We worship him. Come on, let's start to worship him. It's in our DNA to worship him in this way. So that's why I'm finishing Today, I'm not going to go into the rest of 12, which is really good, the whole the carnal mind. I may do it next week. But uh, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be transformed and renewing of your mind. All that stuff. But that stuff is really beautiful because of what you already are. If you don't understand what you already are, you will never live your abundant life, basically. You will never do it. You die to sin. You die to the old life. You're dead. You're a dead man walking. To the area of sin, you're dead. Dead. But you're alive to a new life. You are alive to righteousness. You live from a new place. I often say, and I'll finish with that. You want to come and may play something, Marcus? I always say this, uh, at, <clears throat> that um, it's so important that we understand that when Jesus died and rose from the grave, that whole place of, of newness, from the cross, the finished work, it is the most beautiful place to live from. Before the cross, the old covenant, you always had to work towards something, you know, work towards love and towards righteousness, you know. David says, don't take my Holy Spirit from me. And the reason why, because he sinned, you know, adultery and stuff. And he says, don't take it away from me. And the reason why, because God would. Because he's not holy. But in the new covenant, it's completely different. He made you holy forever. Even when you sin, you're still holy. Now, it doesn't give you license to sin. It actually gives you, empowers you not to sin anymore. To change your life radically. This is the only thing that really empowers you. I've been there. I've been at the performance thing. It doesn't work. For a while it may work. I'm fasting. I can do this. No, you can't. Just give it up. Just give it up. Just live Christ-like. Just say, Lord, Holy Spirit, you know everything I need to do. You know how to say no, how to say yes, how to live my life. You do it. You do it through me. And then the fruit of your life becomes beautiful. And suddenly you see stuff, hey, I used to do that. I just don't do it anymore. I used to even use that language. I don't even do it anymore. The Holy Spirit is bringing you into that beauty that you already are in your spirit. It's beautiful, living from this new place. See, from the place of the cross, we, pray, we, we, we live from a place of complete love, complete acceptance, complete forgiveness, complete everything you will ever need. That's why he gave us everything we need. 
Every spiritual blessing has been given to us. And then from this place we start walking. Because of Christ Jesus here, we start walking the newness of life. Remember? What? New life. And that new life is empowered by what God already did in you. It's amazing, isn't it? He brings you to the end. He makes you perfect. You're ready for heaven right now. You'll never be more ready. You're ready right now. In your spirit, right? You're already. You're not going to be more holy. You're as holy as you're ever going to be. But that understanding of your righteousness, who you are in your spirit, the Son of God, daughter of God, that will empower you in life. Because then the things that don't mount up or don't belong in your life, you push aside. You say, this is not belonging in my life anymore. And you know it's not that hard then, because you know how awesome you are. Some of us don't feel how awesome. And sometimes things get thrown at us in life. And yeah, when it goes, when it goes well, it's okay, you know. When it goes well, life goes well. We kind of feel good about ourselves, you know. But when some stuff hits us, you know, all hell breaks loose, you know. And you don't feel this at all. The Father wants to say to you that He's a good, good Father. He loves His children. And like our, if you're a parent, your children, whatever they do, you're very sad if they do stupid things, but you still love them. You still love them. He loves us. He is so in love with us. And He wants you to really know this today, that we can live a place from this place of continual righteousness. A righteousness that doesn't fluctuate because of how we think, of our circumstances, whether we have money or no money, whether we are loved by other people or not, life goes well or not. But a continual righteousness because you are a son and a daughter of the living God. And it will never change. I really want you to learn. I know this is Christianity 101. I get it. But I'm amazed how many people don't get it. It took me years to get this. Let's stand together. I'm just going to sing for a moment and 